This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. It is hour three of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Friday morning good time edition. Thanks for being with us live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. We're going to get you ready for Super Bowl 58, along with some of the more interesting props on the board at BetMGM. At 820, it is a massive weekend in college basketball. We're going to bring in Matt Josephs. You know him as Mid-Major Matt to hand out his picks. And then at 840, our favorite bets to help you make some money before the weekend. Chelsea, one thing I love, absolutely love reading about this time of year are about Super Bowl rings and how they've evolved over time. Because I think it's it's fascinating how they've gone from these very basic looking basic looking rings where okay it's a ring it's got a diamond in the middle the packers are world champions to now i mean you twist off the top inside there's a replica of the stadium there's 58 diamonds to represent super bowl 58 they're beautiful they're expensive they're massive and then sometimes players will lose their rings or who was involved in the design like what was it a few years ago when Giannis helped design the Bucks championship ring and there's a QR code in the ring that you can scan that goes to the Bucks highlight reel from that championship season. They've just gotten crazy. So I say this because, A, I'm curious, when you were at NC State, did you have any sort of championship ring from all of the competitions that you were a part of? Not like a Super Bowl ring. Nobody has a Super Bowl ring, but you know what I mean. No, I was a very mediocre college athlete. Didn't really win anything, and especially not anything that would establish a ring. But can I go on a tangent for a second? Yeah. What's your take on everything going to QR codes? When you go to a restaurant and mm-hmm. there is no menu, it is simply a piece of paper with a QR code. <laughs> I feel like the old person coming out of me and like settling in my throat and just getting really mad. Mm-hmm. What if I don't want to use my phone? What if my phone is dead? Can I not just see a normal? I agree. Listen, the biggest benefactor of COVID and the pandemic was the QR code. The QR code is not new. The QR code has been around for a long time. And then when COVID hit, all of a sudden it was, okay, how can we try to keep things as clean as possible to keep people from touching different menus? So here comes the QR code. And now... 
it's back in full force. You see it on your TV all the time. You see it on menus. But I'm like you, and I know places that do this. One of my favorite places does this. But particularly when you're at a restaurant, like the experience of let's put away our phones and let's just let's have something that's tactile. Let's look at a menu. That's something I want to experience. I don't, as someone who's always, not always, but on my phone more than I want to be, the last thing I want is to have to be on my phone when I'm looking at a menu because I don't have a choice. So I am totally with you. Yeah, it just feels like people love technology so much that they're always trying to use it. Like sometimes it's just not, it's not necessary. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing if it's during COVID and this is one of the options that you're trying to do to, you know, limit germs. But, like, can I not just look at a menu? I want to see pictures of things. And I want to see pictures of things on a <laughs> menu. And what if I'm looking at something on my phone at the same time? What if I want a dual screen experience with, you know, the menu and my phone? So, I don't know. I can't really justify it. It's the same thing as... When people are like, okay, do you like reading magazines or do you Mm want to just look at your phone? I kind of miss magazines. And I'm not somebody who has like a subscription to a bunch of them, but there is something to be said for being able to flip a page and have something, you know, that's not a screen. I don't know. Am I sounding super old here? I don't have like a lot of great reasons. It's just, you know, my preference. Oh, I honestly, I think it goes into... I think it goes into the idea that anytime you can have a traditional experience or any experience that doesn't have to have your phone is something that I want to lean into a little bit. Like the other night, a couple nights ago, I, I went out to have a drink and then I met the lovely Catherine and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm just going to sit here. I don't want to be on my phone the whole time. And I'm just going to sit and enjoy myself. I might watch a little TV and may have a conversation with someone, but I'm just going to sit and be with myself and just think and just relax. And it was really nice. But also at the same time, I think I probably looked a little weird because if you see someone now who's by themselves, at least for a while before Catherine showed up and I'm just sitting there and I'm just kind of sitting there with my drink, not bothering anyone, staring into the abyss, then you look like a weirdo. Someone's like, why isn't he on his phone? I'm like, I just, you know, I'm on my phone all the time. I just want to sit and kind of be in the moment and think about kind of just be with myself, like I said, and kind of be quiet and not worry about, oh, let me check Twitter. Let me check. I do this all the time anyway. So now I don't want to do it for a while. And ironically, that should be a, a, a normal thing. And yet it's not seen that way, but it should be. I don't want to be on my phone any more than I have to. But now I just feel like we should just tape our phones to our faces because there's no getting away from it. Yeah, that's an instance where you just say, my phone is dead, instead of that whole spiel, so people don't think you're weird. It's crazy how far that has gone. Mm -hmm. But how much do you want to bet that there's going to be a Super Bowl commercial that has a QR code on it? Like, are we supposed to just have our phones in our hands? Like, it's going to be on for five seconds. They're like, here's the QR code. (laughs) It's all the time. All the time. You're going to see it. I see it every day. Like, every day. When I pull up my YouTube TV and even there's an advertisement, it's like, oh, more information. Here's QR code. Here's QR code. That's all the time, Chelsea. There's no escaping it. Certain things don't need more information. I saw this (laughs) on the package of a dog food bag. And I'm like, I don't need more information. I have purchased the dog food. That's all I need to know. 
They're like, here's the QR code. Or I've seen this on like Cheez-Its and they're like, here's the QR code to join our club. I'm like, no, I am simply going to eat these Cheez-Its. Leave me alone. Chelsea, you don't want to join the Cheez-Its club? I was like a hell of a club. The Cheez-Its club. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I'm kind of over it. So I'm, I'm with you there, especially at a restaurant. I want to see the menu. I'm like you. Well, what is on the menu in Las Vegas next weekend? It is Super Bowl 58. Niners, Chiefs, Niners minus two, Niners minus 130 on the money line. Chiefs plus 110. Total is 47 on a hook. The spread kind of vacillated between one and two, right? Went down to Niners minus one and a half. Now back up to Niners minus two. Some San Francisco money coming in. But according to BetMGM, there are now five times as many bets on the Chiefs' money line as opposed to the 49ers. The majority of the bets are on the Chiefs to cover in every single state. In Kansas, 93% of the bets and 95% of the money is on the Chiefs to cover. So I know I've seen a couple of people or a handful of people be on the Niners, but when I say I feel like everyone is on the Chiefs, the numbers from Bad MGM will tell you everyone is on the Chiefs, and yet, and yet, we see the Niners able to move the number. It's really strange. Do you ever have those gut feelings as a better? Something that maybe you can't explain, but something that you just feel in your gut. You're like, okay, we've seen this story before where mm-hmm. everyone and their mom is on a side, and what do you know? That side is not the correct side. So I feel like, well, even in a game where the spread is this tight, you can be on, quote, the correct side. But say this game comes down to a last-minute field goal or a last-second drive. You know, it could go one of two ways. So it just, it's seeming really fishy that most of the money is on the Chiefs. And, you know, people are looking at the best player on the planet and saying, okay, you Mm -hmm. don't bet against Patrick Mahomes, but yet the line is moving the other direction. So clearly there is some kind of money coming in on the Niners here. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily the right side. I am just saying that we have seen this scenario play out before and it hasn't played out in the public's favor. I think that's what I keep coming back to. This is, for me, this is about the line right now and why, why it's not moving towards the Chiefs. Like, so when I see these statistics from BetMGM, overwhelmingly in Kansas City's favor, you would think that because of that, that all of a sudden the spread shortens and it's not happening. So I understand why people are on the Chiefs. I I completely get it. And we're going to hear the same statistics over and over and over about Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. How can you bet against this guy? How can you bet against this team? We've had to learn our lesson over the past couple of weeks. And all of those things are true. They're absolutely true. At the same time, we're seeing the Niners move the number. And when that happens, it's just, just from a pure numbers perspective, Chelsea, just forgetting about analyzing the actual game, I think we're on the same page here. It just seems a little fishy to me. I, I mentioned earlier in the week, are the Chiefs at some point, is this going to move to even money for both sides? Is this going to move to Chiefs minus one? And no, it's not happening. So that, I think, more than any sort of game analysis is what is making me a little skittish here. 
Here's a question. If you're really torn on a side, should you even bet on a side? And I saw an interesting discussion on Twitter the past couple of days. And people were saying, okay, it's the Super Bowl. If you call yourself an analyst in sports betting, you've got to pick a side. But this is probably the sharpest line of mm-hmm. the entire year. Sports books have an entire staff of people who are right. making these lines. And if you are somebody who doesn't bet on a ton of sides during the year, mm-hmm. why would you start now? Do you think it is a problem, you know, if you don't fully lean, lean in to one side or the other? Because the other argument is there are a thousand other bets you can make besides a side in this game. And if you are truly mm-hmm. torn, don't bet on a side. Bet on a touchdown I, bet. Bet on a prop. Bet on a total. I could not agree more. I think the idea that you have to pick a side if you're a sharp better or if you're an expert or considered someone who is accomplished in the field of sports betting, that you have to pick a side, I think that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. The number is the They're just saying that because it's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl doesn't mean anything when it comes to the number. Do you know what I mean? It could be a bowl game. It could be a championship game. It could be a playoff game. It could be a regular season game. Just because it's the biggest game doesn't mean that you don't know what you're talking about if you don't know which side to pick. The game is the game. The number is the number. It doesn't matter if this is if this is a Pop Warner game down the street or the Super Bowl. The number is telling you this could go either way, that it's close to a coin flip. And we see numbers like this, games like this all the time in myriad sports. So if you don't like it, if you don't like a side, if you can't determine a side, that's okay. That's part of being a smart better. That's part of being a disciplined better. That's part of being a sharp better. And I am not even close to any one of those things, but I'm saying it's having the discipline to say, you know what? I don't know if I can reasonably pick a side here that I feel confident in. So the best move for me, because you're not betting for anyone else, you're betting for yourself. The best move for me is to find another bet that I like instead. And I get what the person is saying, saying that like you need to at least address the points on both sides. You know, we're going to discuss, you know, why you would pick the Niners, why you would pick the Chiefs. But in the end, if you are taking a bet that's minus 110 on each side, doesn't matter if it's the Super Bowl, doesn't matter if it's Moorhead State basketball. It pays out exactly the same. You do not get extra credit from the sports book for being right on the Super Bowl unless you yeah. put more money down. So it pays exactly the same. So that's where the discipline starts to enter the frame. And you've got to remember, like this is the most money that's going to be on the table the entire year for the sports books. So mm-hmm. best believe that they are doing their due diligence to make sure this number is right. But when we have a number that's in the dead zone like this, yeah, doesn't it feel like you're just picking a winner? So maybe that think. makes things easier? That's what I was saying. When I'm saying it's a coin flip, I mean, it's not technically a coin flip, but you're right. It's a, it's two. It's So if it's two, why not just, why not just pick a winner? Pick the Niners at minus 130 or pick the Chiefs at plus 110. That's what I would do, honestly. Okay, so... We had this discussion yesterday. I think there are different ways to kind of play this. Um, Would you take Christian McCaffrey plus 450 to win the Super Bowl MVP instead of the Niners at minus 130 on the money line? 
Or do you think there's a chance that somebody else wins MVP? Because I feel like that's the better bet here. I feel like it is as well, but I do think, even though I, I, there is a chance Brock Purdy is going to win MVP. I don't think it's going to happen. I think if the Niners win, I think it will be Christian McCaffrey. And I like those those odds much better, like the value much better. So I think you're right there. But the sabotage factor is, I mean, Brock Purdy's second in the MVP odds. That's going to go to Lamar, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have a really good game. Coming up next here on the show, it is a college basketball weekend like we have never seen before. So we will talk with mid-major Matt from FTNBets.com. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by MetaGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Friday. It is the Friday morning good time edition. The Daily Tip from BQL presented by Betting Machine. We're talking college hoops shortly. I'm always taken back to my days as a DJ when there's music playing in the background because you try to lay out when a certain point in the song hits or when the lyrics are about to start, they never wanted any dead air. That's how it works. That's why it's just this always continuous stream of talk, commercials, music, and it just goes on and on and on. Chelsea, what about you? Have you ever been a DJ? Have you ever filled in on a radio show? Do you have any sort of radio background? Obviously, this is a radio show, but I'm talking before this show. No, this was my first radio job wow. ever. So before the show, I had zero radio okay. experience. So clearly, I was not a DJ as well. No, okay. Very good. I was really dating myself. I was telling the lovely captain when I first started DJing and how I was spinning records and how I had a Sunday morning gospel show and it was, and how we would decide what records to play and which ones we wouldn't play and how to cue them up. I mean, it was just a different time. Oh my God. But there was something very, there's something very innocent about it though. I will say, especially back then when your job is just sitting in front of a microphone and playing, a record and also i was in charge of turning on the transmitter that's how you know you're in a small town when they give you a key to the station and your first job is hey i gotta make sure i turn on this transmitter so that people can hear me this morning that's probably about as small town as it gets i feel like do you think it's easier to do those type of jobs now as opposed to in years past because i thought about my first job in tv where we had cassette tapes that we were recording yeah. to tape where you literally had to rewind them. You had to make sure the tape was good to go. And then sometimes the tape would just crap out and there's nothing you mm -hmm. could do about it. Now everything's digital. Oh, for, yes. I think so much, there's so much automation now. Everything mm -hmm. is programmed. So I would think, and I haven't done that in forever, but I would think it's so much easier because when I started, I had two turntables. So every now and then, like you'd queue up and a, a record. microphone. And a microphone. I had two turntables and a microphone. And then it was like, oh, my God. And every now and then you get distracted. And it was like, oh, my God, this record is about to end. I don't have another record queued up. If I don't, we're, we're, we're not going to have anything on the air. And so you're like hustling and listening to make sure you queued up at the right place. So, yeah, I think now 
based on how technology has advanced, that it would be much, much easier. Don't know that for sure, but that's probably the way it is. Let's find out what's going to happen this weekend and how it will be in college basketball by bringing in Matt Joseph. You know him as mid-major Matt. He is a writer for FTNBets.com. Also host on ESPN Radio Richmond, 106.1 FM from 3 to 4 in the afternoon. Matt, good morning to you. And man, I don't even know where to start, but I will say this is going to be a huge weekend. There's never been this many top 10 matchups in just one day. So is there one matchup in particular that excites you the most? Well, I guess I have to say, you know, Duke, North Carolina. I mean, I guess I'm contractually obligated to say that it's the rivalry (laughs) involving the ACC. I mean, obviously you look at these two teams and, you know, ESPN will certainly make us think that this is a great matchup, even when they're both 500, which they're not this year, but it's, it's obviously one of the ones that drives the most people to the television screen. Yeah, even though I'm wondering if it's lost a little bit of its luster just because the big facing uh, head coaches are not there anymore. Still two great teams with a ton of history. We know it'll probably be a decent matchup at least. But the reason they call you mid-major, Matt, is because you follow the mid-majors. So as we are trying to do some of our preliminary homework for March Madness, what are the mid-major teams that should be on our radar? Ah, so this is great. This is tremendous because there's one team that I've been talking about a lot, and um, I already have a 95 to one future on them to make the Final Four, and it's Indiana State. It's Indiana State. When you look at the Sycamores out of the Missouri Valley, they are one of the best offenses in America. They're shooting over 60 percent from two point land. They're shooting over 40 percent from three point land. They're a great free throw shooting team. They're 79 percent as a team from the free throw line, and they're starting five. Everyone averages double digits, and everyone could shoot the three-pointer and it's just one of those teams that look when you're trying to find some value in the final four market you're trying to find the profile that matches a florida atlantic that tries to match a loyola chicago back a couple years ago when they made their run and indiana state kind of fits that team they're an offense that just they run these plays and they and they space you out that certainly it makes things difficult to kind of double team any one of their guys and when i see an 85 to 1 a 95 to 1 you you think of a team that doesn't have any shot whatsoever and I think Indiana State in the right bracket could go and make the final four so I think it's the Indiana State Sycamores uh, to make that run and to be that mid-major team that's going to surprise a lot of people oh man I love that Larry Bird's old school how about that so is there another mid-major team I know that's your favorite but another one that maybe you're not as sold on but if things sort of come together in the right way based on some potential that you've seen, a flash that you've seen, you think this is another team that come tournament time, you might want to pay attention to. Well, I think, I mean, it's a team that you don't really watch a lot about, and you probably see their commercials because they're one of those uh, uh, schools that has their commercials on all the time, and it's Grand Canyon. Um, I think Grand Canyon, when you look at them, they're 20-2 and two so far on the season. Um, they're another team that has the right mix in terms of their roster. They have a lot of Power 5 transfers because Bryce Drew is a really good basketball coach. Um, you know, they get a lot of kids from Arizona State, it feels like, and you look at the Grand Canyon non-conference. They beat a San Francisco who's not bad. They beat a Liberty, who's not bad. Um, They've beaten a couple of other teams. They were really close with South Carolina back on November 19th uh, out of the SEC. But they're another team that has a really good offense, and their defense matches up really well, too. And when you have a really good coach, 
and you have a team that has roster that has players on their roster that are from the the Power Five, and they're not going to be afraid of anybody. Now, look, Grand Canyon most likely is going to have to win the WAC, which I think they will. There's an outside chance they can get an at-large bid if maybe they don't lose another game until their championship game. But I think Grand Canyon's a team that you have to watch out for as a team that could win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Okay, so you kind of laid out some of maybe the factors of this, but is there a formula that you have noticed over the years that kind of predicts teams that will go on to be Cinderella's, whether it's, you know, teams that can shoot the three-point ball, teams that have a really good offense, or teams that have a really good defense? Is there a formula you found for mid-majors to make a splash in March Madness? Yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, a little bit of everything when you look at that. I mean, the the number one thing is obviously the bracket, the draw. They have to have the right draw. You Mm -hmm. have to have the right number five. You know, past years, you know, you have to play Arizona or you have to play to Virginia to get that first win because we've seen both of those schools lose in the first round as of late. So you have to get the right draw. And then I think you have to have the right coach. Uh, You know, I think there's certain coaches who were just born to be in March Madness and just born to be coaching in March Madness. And I think you have to have a star. I think you have to have one guy that when you need a basket, when you need, um, when you're number one on the opposition's scouting report, you have to have the one guy who's going to score no matter what. So when you look at Indiana State and they have a bunch of different guys who can do it, and you look at Grand Canyon who have a bunch of different guys who can do it, I think that's kind of the formula. You look at a McNeese State, you know, with Will Wade and, and them already winning at Michigan so far this season. They have a style out of the Southland Conference um, that allows them to win games in the tournament. They've won 14 in a row. They went to VCU and won. They went to UAB and won. They went to Michigan and won. So I, I think it's regular season success, having a good head coach, and having the right draw come March. We're talking with Matt Josephs. You know him as Mid-Major Matt. He's a writer for FTNBets.com. Also host on ESPN Radio Richmond, 106.1 FM from 3 to 4 in the afternoon. You did mention Duke, North Carolina. That is a Saturday 6.30 game in Chapel Hill and it looks like Carolina will probably be favored by around five. Do you have a lean or a pick for that game? So I think Duke does themselves a disservice a lot of times in the non-conference by not playing true road games. Now, obviously, they do a play occasionally play one or two when it's part of the SEC, ACC challenge or whatever. Um, but they really just sit home a lot, and they play these neutral court games, which we know are not really neutral because their fans travel. And so now you get to conference play, and you see them go to Notre Dame early, this, uh, early last month, and they don't play their best, and they go to Pittsburgh, and they win by a blowout. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is, uh, look, I think Duke does it disservice i think they need to play more uh road games early on in the season that said you know i think that they're they're going to be uh, you look at the ken palm number and it's five approximately which means that that's what the number is going to probably be and you're going to see the public jump in on duke early because they're going to be like oh my god duke shouldn't be five point underdogs to anybody i think if this number comes down from that five number i think there's some value in north carolina because north carolina is actually playing defense this year i mean you look at their defensive numbers they are tremendous 22nd defending the three, 33rd defending the two, and you add that with a really tough home court. I think if this number comes down from the opening number, probably a four and a half or five, and we can get like a three and a half or a three, I think North Carolina presents some value because now they play defense and it goes pretty well with an offense that we know can score some points. Okay, Matt, what's your read on Purdue? Because all of their metrics are amazing. You look at the four factors on Kim Palm. The numbers are great. They've got a superstar in Zach Eady, but their tournament history, less than stellar. 
Is this a team that you'd be willing to back in March Madness? Uh, to, the short answer is no. I mean, them in Arizona, like I'm done. I have to see them show me something in March before I can back them. I mean, I've lost so many bracket pools for, you know, Monopoly money, of course. Um, I've lost a lot of pools based off Arizona. And look, Purdue, has, you're right, Purdue has everything you need, and their guard play is a whole lot better, and everything looks to be really good with Purdue. But, like, what's your mindset when you get to the tournament and you potentially are a one seed and you're playing a 16 again? I assume they're going to beat the 16 seed, but you know, and if you go off of what happened last time when Virginia lost to a 16, they won the national championship the next year. So, yes, yeah, basically going off of what we see from Purdue, they're a really good basketball team. But what's their mindset going to be when they get to March and when they see that 16 seed potentially? I think they are really good. As long as I don't see Northwestern, I could see them making a very deep run in the NCAA tournament. But pre-tournament, I'm not going to bet on them just yet. Matt, I wanted to get your take on Houston, who has been – so close under Kelvin Sampson. And I love the fact that they play such tremendous defense. And Jerome Tang said what last week, this is the best defensive team, best defensive squad I've ever seen. Is that a bit of hyperbole or are they really that good on the defensive end? I mean, they always are. I mean, this team, it's so funny because every year you see them and what they do, and then their numbers just somehow get better on the defensive side. They're number one in two-point defense. They're number eight in three-point defense. And they're number three in turnover percentage. Here's my problem every year with Houston, though. And it's kind of the same thing we talk about with Virginia. Is their defense is really good, but their offense is just not good enough at times. You look at the reasons why they've lost some of those games in the NCAA tournament. Last year, in that Miami game, they just didn't play good enough defense and their offense couldn't keep up with Miami so it's really hard to go into an NCAA tournament and rely on your defense every single night because somebody's going to be able to beat you um, two years ago when they played in that Villanova game their offense only scored 44 points you're just not going to win even if you hold the team to 50 like they did you've got to score more than 44 points so once again this year's version of Houston you look at them they're 256 in two-point percentage and guess what they're 307th in free throw percentage so when they play one of those close games in March and when they can't score as many points as they have to their free throw shooting is not good enough to help them get over the hump there so I think this is a good Houston team I think this is a good defense but I think that when it comes to March you're just not going to be able to hold teams to 50 points and win every game all right so we're tied on time do you have a play of the day or a future that you'd like in under a minute um, and tonight I like to, uh, Dayton. I think Dayton tonight is a short number against St. Bonaventure. Dayton's a really good basketball team. St. Bonaventure is a different team when it comes to playing outside of only in New York. I think Dayton could take care of business, maybe pair that money line off with a little Akron action tonight against my Toledo Rockets. I think Akron's really tough at home. Oh, did you go to Toledo just out of curiosity? No, no, no. I just really talk a lot about Toledo. Their team total overs are really good. Oh, okay. Very interesting. All right. Well, that's good to know. Always fantastic information, Matt. He is mid-major Matt Ryder for FTNBets.com and host on ESPN Radio Richmond 106.1 FM from 3 to 4. Matt, thanks so much. Have a great Friday. No problem. Thank you. Well, I love hearing from someone who knows 50 times more than I know about college basketball. I feel like Matt is so smart. You could say, hey, what do you think about Utah Valley State. And he'd be like, well, I'll tell you what, this guy's, these guys are really well coached and they have a great, you know what I mean? Like he knows everything. It's amazing. I do enjoy listening to people talk who clearly are passionate about what they do. 
And mid-major Matt is clearly one of those guys. Knows everything there is to know about college hoops. And we definitely need to have him back on before March Madness ensues. Because I'm definitely, you know, looking over at his homework. No, I know for sure. It's like, hey, who do you think is going to win the national title? I'm like, oh, I like Houston. They play great defense. Oh, mid-major Matt says they're not very good offensively. I mean, scratch that out. Pick someone else. Coming up next on this show, what would a show be without our favorite plays on this Friday? Best bets are coming your way. It is the Daily Tip from Becky Bell presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea. I'm James. Going to wrap up Hour 3 next. Stay right there. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. Don't miss You Better You Bet and BetMGM Tonight, broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay in Sin City, leading up to the big game starting February 5th. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Turn it up, Double B! You're the best around. Ah, that gets me going. Double B time for us, Joseph. Today, the Tip for Bakerell, presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in Washington, D.C. She's Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, my God. I have to say, I know I've mentioned it before. If you're watching us on Twitch, it's easy. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Whenever you take a sip out of that massive mug of yours, it like I it I almost cackle each and every single time. I've got to get used to it. How many ounces does that thing hold? It's huge. I think it's 32 ounces. So, like, it's pretty big. But I think it has been really helpful since I'm sick. Because Ah. that's the number one thing you're supposed to do when you're sick, right? Is chug a bunch of water. So it has been very helpful in that regard. And I do think the more convenient something is, the more that you will do it. So this is convenient. Like it's got a straw. It's got a handle. It's, you know, I can just refill it up. So Mm -hmm. it's been convenient to drink water. And I do think that I've been drinking more water. So, you know, it looks stupid, but it is accomplishing a goal for me. That's why I always walk around with a handle of bourbon. It's convenient. It's right there in the kitchen. It's got a handle on it. It's not and a straw. And a straw. Could you put a straw straw in it? I could. You just twist open the top, throw in a straw, drink it. You're at home, right? And I just walk around with a handle, just to handle a Jim Beam and a straw out. I've got more HVAC people coming in this morning, and that's how I should answer the door. I'm just like, hey, come on in. Water's warm. Come on in here, guys. Maybe I'll do that. I'm going to try and be good tonight. Lovely Catherine and I promised ourselves last night we're going to be good this evening. We're going to relax tonight after going out four straight nights last week. We're going to just chill, maybe watch some Netflix, maybe some Dateline, maybe get a bottle of wine and take it easy. That is the promise we made to ourselves. I don't know if we're going to hold to it, but that's what we're going to try to do. I would imagine that you're just going to rest up this weekend, correct? Yeah, I ain't going nowhere. But <laughs> Jenks, let's stay on this for just a second. Mm-hmm. Do you think you drink more water when it's convenient? Because I've noticed this. The like mm-hmm. trendy restaurants love to do 
the small cups of water that you have to oh. pour yourself out of like the yeah. jug. There's no straws because those are bad for the turtles. Um, but when I go to like a Mexican restaurant and it's those tall plastic red cups yeah. and they have the big straw in them, I think I drink more water there than I do any other place. For sure. Which is the best way to do it, right? You crush some burritos, chimichangas, whatever, some queso you get in there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, I've got this awesome, huge red plastic cup with a straw coming out. And then you get to Oof. hydrate and kill. Oh, man, that's the best. The that's best. a good call. I don't know why. I need to go to a Mexican restaurant this weekend. Yeah. I feel like the hit rate on Mexican restaurants is usually like 85%. Like how many bad Mexican restaurants have you been to? One. Not many, right? Boise, Idaho. Worst Mexican oh, food I've no. ever had. Like if you're going to well, make me Mexican food, I want you to not be some like white dude from Boise. Like I want Mexican food. You know what I mean? And it was, and it's, it, I feel like it's hard to screw up Mexican food, but being from Texas, exactly. I've had some, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's not Mexican food. It's not any good. It was the one time I had a bad, now the potatoes, holy crap, best <laughs> French fries I've ever had. Honest to God. And that, there's a reason why it's the Idaho potato bowl. They're amazing. But Mexican food, eh, not so much, not so much. Now you make me want Mexican food. Who knows what's going to happen this weekend. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, Mike Rutherford from CardChronicle.com will talk with the crew about a huge weekend on the college hardwood. And speaking of the college hardwood, if you missed our great chat with Matt Josephs, otherwise known as Mid-Major Matt, and some of his favorite plays in college basketball this weekend. In fact, some of the teams that you should look towards if you're thinking about betting a future when it comes to the Final Four, you got to check out his interview on our pod. Just download and subscribe to The Daily Tip. Wherever you get your podcast, Chelsea, it's been a winning week for the crew, so let's keep her going. Time to place your bets. All I see when I look at your bet right now is Quinnipiac. What does oh, that mean? I forgot to type it in. <laughs> what does it mean? Okay, so let me type it in after the fact because I am actively speaking no, right no, of now. Course. But best bet of the week is, or excuse me, of the day is going to be on Quinnipiac. What's a Quinnipiac? Well, it's a team in college hoops that's been red hot at covering some numbers. If you look at Quinnipiac, they've covered in six straight games, winners of seven straight games straight up. And also they're playing Manhattan tonight. They're six and a half point road favorites, which sometimes can be tricky. But they only owned Manhattan last time around. Beat them by 17. So I feel like going on the road shouldn't be that big of a difference between two teams that feel worlds apart. If you look at Manhattan, their offers are god-awful. In fact, when you look at the four factors on Kim Palm, they are a 300th or worse in all four factors. So sometimes the number is an issue and you look at a mm -hmm. team, you say, okay, well, six and a half is a lot of points. Well, Quinnipiac has been great at covering numbers on the road, seven and three ATS away from Quinnipiac and also a team that is fantastic at hitting their free throws. They are top 20 in the nation at free throw percentage, hitting 78% of their uh, shots at the charity stripe. So I feel like this is the difference between covering and not covering if we are talking about a close game. I tend to think it's not going to be close, but if it is, let's sink those free throws. And let's take Quinnipiac minus six and a half tonight against Manhattan. 
Good luck, Chelsea. And I love that you threw in. Let's please make your free throws. Come on, kids. No one is preventing you from practicing your free throws. Get that done. I'm going back to the NBA and another under here. I don't know what it is with me and NBA unders. I really don't have some sort of predilection for always going for unders, but that's what I've been seeing recently. So let's try to keep it going. Nuggets at the Blazers under 221. Here's what you need to know about the Nuggets. First of all, this defense is one of the best in the league. They allow opposing teams to score just over 110 points per game. The Nuggets, when you're talking about pace of play, absolutely the slowest pace of play team in the NBA. And one thing they excel at doing is defending the perimeter, defending three-point shots. Well, guess what? What do the Blazers like to do? They love to shoot from the outside. They love the three-point shot. So they're running into a defensive squad that prevents exactly what they want to do. The Nuggets are also the best under team in the league. Portland is the sixth best under team. This total open at 223 was immediately bet down to 221. So the money is on our side. Let's finish a winning week and go under between the Nuggets and the Blazers. Ooh, we're going to start calling you The Undertaker, and we will start playing that music every time you pop on the screen. Do you know what I'm talking about in wrestling? Oh, yeah. The Undertaker? Absolutely. I, I love The Undertaker. Actually, he's a Texas fan. During football season, oh. he lives in Austin, I think. Yeah. And so every now and then they'll have The Undertaker come on, dressed up, giving some sort of motivational speech to the team or looking like some sort of badass to motivate everyone. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but for now, I'll take it. Also, this game is in Denver. Let me clarify that as well, Chelsea. Oh, I remember The Undertaker because my big brother used to do the tombstone on me. You remember, like, the finishing <laughs> <Yes>. move? <laughs> yes. It was not fun <laughs> for me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're all right and you didn't break your neck. Do you have any leans before we move forward? Nah, just Quinnipiac. All right. Well, then it's time to find out what the Magic 8-Ball says, Chelsea. Let's do it. Oh, I forgot. That we were Let us gaze yeah. upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, 8-Ball. It's been a week. Let's make my job easier. Let's get a couple of positive votes. For our best, Quinnipiac, minus six and a half against Manhattan. Without a doubt, we like it. How about the under for The Undertaker, Michael Jenkins, in the Blazers and Nuggets game? Eight Ball says, without a doubt. I promise I shaked it, or I shook it. I shook it. You got it. <sighs> Check out the Eight Ball. Check out Chelsea's visible frustration. Folks, she's playing sick. Right now, I would say Chelsea is based on my my very lengthy studies in medical school, which is nothing. Chelsea's operating at like 18%. She's like an iPhone 8 that's draining quickly. We got to get her out of here. Okay, let's find out what the BetQL mainframe has to say. Beep, boop, beep. Good morning. The dumpster is busy. Our pick for today from the Red Roof Inn in Des Moines, Iowa is magic plus seven and a half at the Timberwolves. All right. Well, okay. 
it looks like we need to upgrade here. I think we're still dialing into America Online. This is one of the first voice-generated texts or messages that has ever been heard on this show. All right, Magic getting the points in Minneapolis. Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily and bring in our good friend Joe Ostrowski. Joe, oh, how are you on this Friday? I, I see you still have the hearts <laughs> up, which I like, by the way. Yes, thank you. Um, I don't know what just happened, but uh, I, I felt like I went back in time a little bit, going online to search for a beanie baby or something like that. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you guys mentioned Mike Rutherford coming on the show. Huge weekend of college hoops, Saturday and Sunday. Like just an incredible slate of games, mm. some uh, really tough challenges for a lot of teams that haven't been challenged yet. Uh, of course, continue Super Bowl props, all that stuff. Uh, one of my favorite guests, Bill Krakenberger, will be on the show oh. as well. Uh, he's he's always the goods. It's like you got to clear out a couple segments for him. And maybe we'll have Bill Burr, too. Maybe. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Will you? <laughs> I heard he was on like 30 <laughs> times the other day. Oh. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay, quick question. We got like 15 seconds. Did you have yeah. a screen name and what was it? God, I don't remember. It was some combination. Of, it was boring. It was some combination He's of initials and, and numbers. It was. It wasn't good. It was not good. But I did have a name. Yes, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Oh, that's it for us here on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM for Chelsea, Bill, Matt, David, Double D, Dykstra, and the BetQL mainframe. I'm Michael Jenkins. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay fit and humble. See ya. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.